Welcome to the Tiffinator Training Podcast Series. I'm Tiffany Gray and I'm your host. In this series, we are going to be speaking with experts in exercise science, fitness, wellness, and health. This podcast series was developed for a course at Arizona State University, but the series is also being released publicly so those not taking the course can benefit from the information. What we're doing here is we're giving you insight from professionals in the field on these various topics. And the topics that we're speaking about supplement the course material. They last about 20 to 30 minutes. You can listen to them while you're working out, taking a walk or traveling. And it's a great way to learn a little bit more about the topics from a real life perspective in speaking with the specialist. With all the details out of the way, let's go ahead and head into our very first podcast. My first guest is Liza Allen, and she's an expert in the area of Pilates. She's also a very good friend of mine, and we've spent a lot of time together working with clients and students and helping them to improve their fitness levels and also to work with them to become their better selves. During this podcast, what I'd really like you to listen to is how Pilates can be used as an adjunct to all kinds of physical activity components. Another thing I want you to listen for is how you can use Pilates, especially for those people who may have mobility issues or who perhaps can't walk on a treadmill or jump onto a bike and ride it. It also helps people to develop that foundational strength so that perhaps at one point they'll be able to go into things. So without further ado, welcome Liza. Welcome everybody to our exercise prescription for health and wellness podcast. Today we have Liza Allen and we're going to be talking about the uh, the role of Pilates in strengthening and Liza is a veteran instructor and practitioner in Pilates. She's also an exercise expert in her own right and I've known her for quite a uh, quite a number of years here and I've enjoyed I've always enjoyed working with her and today she's going to discuss her perspective of of how Pilates can be used for everybody. And one of the things as we're going through these modules, and especially the module that we're in today, the exercise uh, programming prescription module, is that as you're prescribing exercise and you've done a sound assessment of people, is you're going to find that a lot of times if they're having trouble with certain issues, it can actually be linked back to some foundational issues. And this can happen in athletes as well as uh, regular people, the weekend warrior, the older person who's who's always been active. And so what we're going to talk about today is that as you're working with each of your clients, it's important for you to get that, that balance of meeting their goals, but doing it safely. And the balance is, you know, as we know in the lecture, it's the, the strength and the, the fitness level, along with body composition and also mobility. We want to be mobile so that we can have that quality of life. And in the words of Dan John, who we've talked about in previous modules, if it's weak, strengthen it. And one thing that I want to, to bring up before we get started, and Liza and I can talk about this later, is that a lot of times when people have uh, you know, chronic headaches or neck pain um, that's not related to, to skeletal structure, a lot of times that actually starts way down at the bottom of the chain. And it could be ankle immobility. It could be uh, gluteal weakness. And so these are some of the things that we're going to hit on today. But for now, Liza, welcome. Thank you for coming in and 
and and being part of this podcast. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Well, thank you, Tiff. I'm um, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to um, discuss exercise prescription because it is so important uh, in finding the right uh, style of approach for an individual. And you know, it's it's sometimes as we are. Uh, active and in the in the industry, we tend to forget that there's a lot of people that don't move, um, and all kinds of things happen with those those different bodies over the years. Um, uh, so I um, we'll start with a funny anecdote. Um, my mother-in-law uh, tore her medial meniscus, and I have torn both of mine, and I did not have surgery. Um, I did some corrective exercise on myself, including Pilates, and she said, can I do what you did? And I said, I don't think so. And she said, why? And I said, because you haven't exercised since high school. And at that time, she was 70. So that's the kind of thing that you run into quite a bit. I found her, she's down in Tucson, I found her a physical therapy environment where they offered Pilates, and she had been working with walking with a cane. Um, she had a toilet extender, something I hope to avoid my whole life long, um, because it made the, the toilet not so low to sit down on. And in, in two weeks, that physical therapist using Pilates as the modality had her off her cane and off of her toilet extender. Um, it's not a miracle cure, but it's a great uh, resource for people that aren't ready to move into the regular gym environment. So it, in terms of exercise prescription, it's a wonderful thing to know about and have in your toolbox. That's a great description of that. And I think it's important to point out here that, you know, there are people just like your mother-in-law all over the place. And a lot of times uh, students in our program are going to be working with people who are older. And that, that this is an example of how Pilates can, can do this. Mm -hmm. And tell me, do you have any experience working with athletes at all or people who are a little more um, active? So I did used to work with a number of dancers um, and dancers are very fit typically in terms of um, flexibility and often endurance, um, muscular endurance moving through different positions, but they're not usually very cardiovascularly fit. Um, and sometimes they're hypermobile. So my, my experience with them was more in a stability type of an environment, trying to help them learn how to stabilize their incredible flexibility. And of course, as you mentioned in the opening, they're sort of flip sides of the coin, um, mobility and stability. And, and um, in that particular instance, I was going a little bit more the other way than I would with a lot of um, non-athletes who um, tend to be not only weak, but tight uh, as well, which is a strange combination. You know, most of the people we encounter are strong and tight because they're, they've been lifting or doing something that really does the stabilization or uh, strengthening and not the other side of it. So like you mentioned, important. So when we're when we're talking about Pilates, for people who don't really know what Pilates is about or or anything, can you give us a little bit of a background and and what it it does? Because I've 
I've heard of people say, oh yeah, you just lie on the floor and you, you stretch and, and that's, that's about it. So tell us a little bit specifically about what Pilates is about. So Joseph Pilates was actually a man a little bit ahead of his time. Um, he was not a healthy child. He had a lot of issues. And so he explored many styles of movement, boxing, swimming, um, uh, yoga. He, he pulled a lot of different things together and he became pretty, he became so fit. He became, became an anatomical model. Um, and later he was, uh, because he was a, Je a German national during world war one, he was, a. uh, in a hospital in England, actually. And he had all of these people who had maybe an injury to one limb or another. And what he decided was he was going to exercise the parts that could still move. So the whole body didn't atrophy. And so he began to rig up springs and pulleys and things like that to hospital beds. And that is where the equipment version of Pilates was born. Um, he and his brother, uh, ultimately created a whole host of equipment. And that's typically where you find um, personal training in that environment. The mat work is found all over in health clubs and studios. And that's the, the thing that a lot of people are like, oh, it's like yoga, we lay on the floor, that sort of thing. Um, Pilates has crossover with yoga, of course, especially the mat work, but it is much more whole body core focus and it is strengthening the core and really improving body awareness, which yoga does as well. Um, just different emphasis, different movement patterns. Uh, it's more like calisthenics meets yoga for the person that's completely unfamiliar with Pilates. It's kind of um, body weight training is, is essentially what you're looking at. Uh, there are small props that can be integrated. The stability ball, the foam roller, those are all things that are often used in a mat class. But in the equipment classes, the reformer um, is the primary, and then there are other large pieces of equipment. So that's kind of a, an overview of the types of Pilates and a little history. Okay. Well, I know that one of the things that, that especially for our class, that we do is we do a lot of case studies. And so one of the things that, as we talked before, one of the things that a lot of students struggle with is that they're so excited to use their knowledge and everything that they've learned in their classes that a lot of times what is overshadowed are the is the actual conditioning of the person. And so what I see quite a bit is that we have a person who it hasn't worked out. So kind of like your, your mother-in-law, except maybe in their fifties instead of seventies mm -hmm. and they want to get active again. They want to either um, lose weight for um, a reunion or they want to be active for some reason, ready for an event, or perhaps they want to get back into the dating game. They want to be physically fit, whatever the reason is. And so what a lot of times students struggle with is, oh, okay, well, I know that they need to work on strengthening. So yes, they haven't worked out or done anything since they're in high school, but I need to put them on an advanced cardio program, or I need to have them start out with box jumps. So tell us if we have, if we have somebody, if we have a client or someone who is in a situation, let's say they're in their fifties and they haven't done much, they're overweight, their doctor says, we got to get you 
uh, a little more fit. We have to be, have you active and then we can do strengthening. And so that, that building up to where they, their goals, how can Pilates in that instance for somebody who has a day job where they're behind their computer 40 hours a week, they go home, they relax, they're sitting in front of the computer or they're sitting in front of the TV or uh, falling asleep early and, and sleeping a long time. How do we reach those people and how, how would Pilates fit into this as kind of that starting point? So I think um, what's really great about Pilates, the equipment version of Pilates, it's very accommodating. And so we can take somebody, um, I've recently worked with people with double knee replacements, um, hip replacements. I encounter that at a younger and younger age now. And so, um, you know, they are no longer in the uh, physical therapy environment if they even got physical therapy, surprisingly. And now with replacements, there's usually physical therapy, but, uh, but for instance, with my mother-in-law, there wasn't any therapy after her uh, meniscal repair. And, um, and she really needed that. She needed that guidance. And that's where Pilates really comes in because the machines allow the person to lie on their back, um, much like a leg press machine, if you will. But there's a lot more that we can do with the equipment to adjust and reach the person that we're working with. The resistance is provided by springs. So it has a smooth gliding movement. Um, and basically what we start with is awareness. First, a full assessment. We, we do the same kinds of things that um, anybody in exercise prescription does. We're looking at alignment. We're looking at them from every angle to see what we're noticing as maybe a secondary thing. Because most people will come in and say, I've got this or I'm dealing with that. And, but they don't realize that a lot of the time it comes from something else. And typically muscular imbalance has been going on for years by the time um, somebody reaches that point, as you're, you're mentioning, like you're in your fifties and all of a sudden you realize, Hey, I've put on some weight and I don't move so well anymore. Um, ankle mobility is a big thing in uh, many, many people. I mean, as I, as I walk, even in my neighborhood, I just notice people's gait and a lot of people are missing some uh, mobility that allows them to walk in a normal manner. And there's a lot of shifting and, and waddling side to side. So Pilates is great for that because so much of what is done on the reformer is various positions of ankle articulation, as well as um, strengthening those large muscles of the um, lower body and um, and the upper body as well, but nearly everything that we do allows the person to learn and discover how they're aligned while they're doing it because they have that, um, that kinesthetic awareness with the equipment. They're lying on it. They can feel how their back is behaving. Are they, um, are they swaying their back and, and going into hyperextension? Are they going into too much flexion? Can they keep a neutral spine? And some people can't in the beginning. We have to find a way for them to learn to strengthen their other muscles. And then gradually we can bring that pelvis into a more neutral alignment. Um, and that's really what Pilates is great for because it's a quieter environment. Typically studios have 
fewer pieces of equipment than say a, a box gym, um, not as loud. And you really have that sort of, uh, one-on-one, um, figuring out what is going to work on that person to allow them to either go to the next level with Pilates or perhaps step into a different environment. Maybe they do want to go do box jumps. Um, maybe they, they would like to explore CrossFit or something more demanding. Um, I will say that the vast majority of people that I, I work with tend to prefer staying with Pilates, but sometimes they want to get back to something more vigorous that they do on the side of it. So I've got somebody that I just, um, I've just recently got her back to running and, uh, and she was not able to run for about a year and it was driving her crazy. So now Pilates is what she does uh, to, to get her ready to be on the road. So um, it, it fulfills a large uh, array of people, both challenging and accommodating like traditional strength training, but different equipment and um, a different approach, you know, more core focus, more learn your body, learn what, because eventually they got to take that outside of the, the training, right? And that's the thing that we have to remember as, as exercise professionals is we need to empower them to know enough to go, yeah, I'm ready for that. Or hmm, I'm going to work for a little while longer before I do that. Um, and that's a really important part of exercise prescription, in my opinion. I, you know, I totally agree with that. And one of the things that I know, you know I've used personally and also when I've trained people is that that theory of if some if I'm let's say I'm not exercising for when I take a break in exercising or maybe my schedule is too busy and and suddenly, you know, I've gone a little while without working out. It's kind of like I, I go back to the basics. And I feel like one of the great things about Pilates is that it is a very foundational and the, you know, the basics, because when you develop that strength and um, the flexibility and mobility that Pilates can offer, then not only do you, are you doing everything better, you're moving better. But then you can get back to those activities. And that was a perfect example where uh, that one client is now back to running. And I think that's really exciting. And I, I think that really shows the potential that adding Pilates to, to somebody's regime is very, and workout regimen is very important in that. Right. Now, I, I am curious. So, so a lot of times when I'm working with high-level athletes, or training them or um, tennis players when I was training tennis players one of the things that I encountered was well, there are a couple of things one is in the in the weight room we see people who are are doing a lot of chest work and so they end up with a lot of immobility they they don't have a whole lot of flexibility sometimes because they've overtrained just one uh, you know just one muscle group and they haven't trained the um, the antagonistic muscle groups. So I see that. And also I see, I've seen athletes, high level athletes who, when they're doing, they, they may be great at what they do, very strong, but then we break it down to those foundational movements. It's really tough for them. Right. So have you dealt with any, any of those uh, examples or? Oh, um, absolutely. I, I had a, uh, 
uh, what, when we still had football at Mesa Community College, I had a, a young man that was um, on the football team and he was very fit, but he took my Pilates mat class and he struggled because hamstring flexibility um, is an issue. You know, we're very quad dominant and that is emphasized even more in running sports. Um, and so some of the things that we do are uh, to strengthen people is are excellent things, but they're very as you said, the, the, it's much more about the you're overemphasizing what's already overemphasized, and not not intentionally. I mean, let's talk. Let's let's be honest. That's specificity, right? We want to <laughs> we want right. to make sure we're we're specific to what the person's doing, but we can't be so specific that we are um, single minded in our approach. We need to go back to that idea you had of of balance and. Um, and so Sonny was this uh, young man's name. He was amazed. And I, I we had small props so I could um, help him learn, work on his, his uh, flexibility. But I also was able to show him how to work with what he had going on. And it was a good learning experience for him because, and I've had this so many times with dancers, no one wants to take a step back because they think taking a step back will mean that their performance suffers. And learning that you don't have to go um, go hard or go home every single day is really important to longevity. And, um, and I understand it. I mean, there was a time when I was dancing that I didn't want to even take a vacation. I thought taking, taking a week off from being in the studio was going to destroy my, um, my technique or my strength or anything like that. And your mind and your body do need cross-training. And certainly, you know, if you're going to go on a vacation, it doesn't mean you're not active at all. I did lots of walking and, and stretching. I found a place to take a class just for fun one day. Um, but it was very different. And I think that's something that's important for us to remember is when we're doing exercise prescription, don't we build the rest day in? Don't we? We should. Yeah. Or, or don't we organize our exercise so that the body has a chance to recover from, from those harder days? And, um, and it's just as much of a mental game. So that's what I love about Pilates is um, there's the, the mind is, is present. It's combined body exercise. You are breathing. You are focusing on visualization sometimes. Um, it's not as philosophical as yoga is. There's a lot more philosophy in yoga. Is so much older. I mean, it's over five thousand years old, uh, but it allows you to slow down enough to tune into your body and not just use it like a machine, but actually work with it. And that's important to um, you know overall athletic performance. And uh, LeBron James does Pilates. Um, he's also, a, uh, I've recently seen him on the Calm app with uh, his mindfulness, his pregame mindfulness. And I think those are things to consider depending on who you're working with. Um, it makes a big difference to the overall approach. Can you think of any anybody who might not benefit from Pilates? I think really the only 
And, and let's face it, this is in every aspect. The only people that would not benefit from Pilates are people that are just not interested in it. Um, right. You know, I mean, there are certain physical training methods that don't appeal to me. And so if it doesn't appeal to the person, well, then we're certainly not going to, you know, shove it down their throat. But beyond that, in, in terms of actual physical movement, no, I, I mean, we, we really see uh, both the athlete and the person uh, recovering from injury, or, or I have lots of clients that have multiple sclerosis, and Pilates is such a great form of activity for them. So the gamut of people really benefit from Pilates, assuming they're open-minded enough to, to get going. And of course, that's a whole other section about, you know, pre-contemplation and all of that. So right. Right. And I like how you pointed out, you know, it's kind of like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And so, uh, and I think we see this a lot in physical activity where, um, you know, especially in Pilates, it sounds like it's all based on the individual. Mm -hmm. and so you're, it's very individualized. And so you're taking that and you're using the body, the way it's put together, you're using uh, where the person is right at that moment, and then working to to create that foundation and building up from there. Mm -hmm. So I think we see a lot of times we offer these to, to people, and, and this is what I want everybody to understand is that, you know, we, we need to meet these people where they are and to offer activities, but there are going to be some people who just don't like the activity. And mm -hmm. so it's our job, it's our challenge to to find out something that not only they will enjoy, but they'll have a benefit from it. Right. And so, you know, the, the whole thing is we want people to be longtime exercisers or physically active people throughout the lifespan. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's so important to find your way in. And, and that's where, you know, consultation makes a huge difference. But even once they've made the commitment to come in, you need to earn their trust and listen to them, but you also need to guide them. And it's a real delicate balance to find sometimes how you can challenge somebody and give them what they truly need based on their assessment um, without going too, too hard or too fast. And, you know, it's, it, it does take some experience because when you're physically active and strong, it is hard to believe that people can't do certain things. You look at somebody and you're just like, hmm, what am I going to do with this? And you have to, it, there's a lot of problem solving. Um, and, and let's face it, any prescription, be it exercise or medicinal, is a trial. You, you may not get the result from the medicine or the exercise that you are hoping for. So then you tweak it because the individual is an individual and we have to figure out what works for them. And that's, that's a process. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And so um, I would like to go ahead and, and sum up what, you know, what all this boils down to. And that is that you, you talked about starting with an assessment. And that's what um, we're having students do is you've got to get that assessment. You've got to figure out where the person is and it's more than just interviewing, just saying, oh, are you physically active? We have to have measurable 
data so that we can make informed decisions that are based on science, based on the research. So doing that Mm -hmm. assessment, finding out where they are, and then individualizing the program and the prescription to that specific person. And one thing about programming Mm -hmm. and prescription is it's going to change over time as somebody gets better. Right. And then ultimately what we want is we want people to maintain their physical activity and get to their goals, but do so safely. And it sounds like Pilates can really offer this as as an option for the whole gamut of exercisers. Yes, it's, um, I mean, so I will say it's, Pilates is not a huge calorie burn. Um, It covers all of the components of fitness with the exception of cardio, although that's available, but that's not something that we would do with somebody I would say the vast majority of the people coming into Pilates initially would not start with a cardio class, uh, the jump board that we use, and it's horizontal. So you are supine while you're jumping and running and doing all of these different things. So that that cardio aspect is available, um, but ultimately we're trying to do exactly what you you said you know we do our assessment we we do soap notes on our on our clients and we really try to um whittle and hone in on what their uh imbalances are and work towards whole body functionality uh and then they then they take it from there um you know i like i said i had my i've had very uh unfit people. And then I've had, you know, somebody that moved through fitness so well with me, she became a fitness competitor, um, and moved into a very, uh, competitive bodybuilding type environment. So it, it really does fit for everyone, assuming that they're, they're a good fit for it. (laughs) Right. Well, Liza, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us and talk to me. Is there anything that you'd like to leave us with? I know you've got lots of words of wisdom and most of them are very, well, not most of them, but a lot of them are very funny. And I just wanted to know if you'd like to leave us with, with uh, something that causes a chuckle or makes a smile or, or anything. Well, so there's breath is a big part of Pilates. It's one of the initial um, uh, Pilates principles that, that Joe came up with. And I heard not long ago, and I think this is fabulous for everyone. You can take this. It wasn't mine, um, but it does help because people tend to hold their breath when they exercise. So the breath is a tool, not a rule. Um, We want them to breathe, not hold their breath. But I usually say in my Pilates mat class, make sure you breathe or the air will come out somewhere. And it totally does. And it's just the funniest thing because, you know, we tell kids to say, excuse me, and adults act like nothing happened. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> when I figure it out, we can, we can do another podcast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. All right. Okay, thank you so much, Liza. Thank you. And thank you. Thank, thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions, be certain to reach out to me. You'll find my contact information on the syllabus.